Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us. My name is David Malone. And my name's Ian Stroud. And this is Hyperland. How you doing, Ian? I'm, I'm really good, thank you. I've been doing a lot more work on bird flu. Oh, yes, and, good. Uh, some of it has rolled back to COVID as well. and Is, is, is that surprising? No, no, I suppose not. Um, <laughs> well, it is and it isn't. I mean, when you go to talk to people about one thing, it's kind of interesting when they then say, ah, oh, but wait a minute, let's go back and talk about. Yeah. But on the other hand, the people who were involved in COVID are largely the same people who were involved with bird flu, yeah, same yeah. people were involved in SARS, same people were involved with Ebola and all the way back to HIV. Yeah, no, but it's a you, very small world. Yeah, you were sort of saying though that it's it's the same PR scientists that have been reporting not very well. I'll say that. Yeah, well, well, certainly giving a very narrow point of view. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so and uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to go to the COVID or um, are we mixing all of this up? Yes, we are. Well, let's start a little, little bit with bird flu because it's it's yeah. just really the link back to COVID, which is, is interesting. Okay. I hadn't really realised just what a tiny world it is um, that when you go from COVID all the way back to HIV uh, uh, in the 80s, yeah. it's the same, I said, think about a dozen people because, um, you know, Fauci started with HIV. Yeah. And not only the scientists, but the same journalists. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Cohen, who is um, one of the big cheerleaders in, he writes in science, and he's been one of the the, the main cheerleaders for, it's a zoonotic origin, um, mm -hmm. a lab leak is just a conspiracy theory. And he goes all the way back to HIV as well. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's interesting because one of the things which happened back in end of the last century, beginning of 2000, yeah. was there was the, the hypothesis that did HIV leak from, was it the result of a botched uh, vaccination program in Africa? Yeah, well, there was, there was two, wasn't there? There was one in Africa and there was another one in, there was a Russian-originated... Yeah, the, the, there was, was a kind of race to get to the vaccine. So, yes, to provide the vaccine, um, uh, tuberculosis vaccine. Yeah. Um, and that hypothesis really, really upset um, the scientific establishment. Aye, did they not go? And in, in London, was there not? Um, there was, there was a big meeting. Big yeah. meeting. And yeah. Uh, Talked to um, uh, Ed Hooper, who was the man who really put forward the hypothesis that it may have come from uh, a botched vaccination program. And I talked to the the scientist who really arranged that Royal Society meeting. Yes, that's and, all. I mean, it's a complicated story and a really interesting one. I'd like to come back to it um, in another podcast. But all I was really going to raise at this point is what's really interesting is it, it you've suddenly, or at least it suddenly dawned on me, Let's just suppose um, that they're right, that it was not 
uh, the result of a botched vaccination, that it was a natural origin, okay. which obviously is what Fauci and, and they all insisted upon. Mm-hmm. Um, then let's say they're right. What then would have happened is they would have had this terrible fright in you know, the early 2000s yeah. when suddenly there's this hypothesis that it might have been as the result of scientific, uh, if not outright malfeasance, then yeah. um, making horrible mistakes. Now, from their point of view, if they knew that that wasn't the case, they were faced with this this um, viral spread of something which wasn't, which sounded plausible, which but which they knew wasn't true. And so you can imagine how that absolutely impacted on all of their lives. Yeah. Because here they were being accused of, the scientific world was being accused of having done something unwise or possibly even criminally yeah. um, wrong, which has led to the deaths of millions upon millions upon millions of people. Yeah. And so you can imagine how, and, and I think, you know, uh, journalists like Cohen were quick to defend science because mm. they were told by the scientists no no this is wrong this is wrong this is terrible and this could this could be a cat catastrophically damage western science yeah if that's what happened then and it absolutely scarred these people you can sort of understand how when it comes 20 years later there's people saying covid might have leaked from a lab it's going to raise all of that history yeah. that 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 thing and you, it's i suddenly thought okay i can understand why they rushed immediately to circle the wagons and said right at the start no we're absolutely certain this didn't happen yeah and of course the, the if you then imagine it the other way much the much darker interpretation which was okay let's say ed hooper was right and i mean his book the, the river is huge and not easy to dismiss yeah and Although in that Royal Society meeting, he was felt, well, they yeah. knocked it on the head. Yeah. I've, if you look at that meeting and look at everything that was done, I, mm, no. I mean, I'm not saying that Hooper was right, Yeah. but but it wasn't absolutely knocked on the head at the time and still isn't. So if you, if you take the darker interpretation that maybe that's still an open question, you could see that when COVID rolls around, they'd be even more petrified of that narrative getting any traction the narrative that it raising its head again mistake because then they'd think oh my god if any if anyone if if we allow anyone to take this seriously the next thing you know they're going to be saying well wait a minute oh yeah sars that was botched by the chinese communist party and then maybe we should go back and and look at aids it's for me you suddenly think okay this is beginning to make sense why were those western scientists so absolutely determined adamant and quick yeah. to, to... to knock exactly yeah because yeah. it even whether whether the hiv hypothesis was true or not you can understand either way i begin to think okay i understand the the alarm yeah which with which they reacted to the covid story the weird thing that i was thinking about when we were talking about the covid origin and this is probably really my usual very unhelpful self is is actually the man-made it came out of bell lab is is the safer of the two options and it sounds mad but if it came from natural origins we've got no Mm -hmm. control of that if it's been somebody's mistake then that's (laughs) 
do, yeah. do, do you see what I'm getting at? It's, it's a I, bit, I do, yeah. Like you stop doing that and you stop making mistakes. Yeah, but absolutely true. But if you, th there's another way of looking at that same situation. If it's a natural origin, it says open the taps of funding yeah. for the science, for the heroic scientists uh, yeah. who are going to protect us. So A, they're cast <laughs> as heroes, and B, they get a lot of money. I'm so naive. If it's the other way around, yeah. A, they're the villains, and B, the money um, gets cut. You have to stop doing the dangerous science. Yeah. Yeah. So, a, that for me explains a lot <laughs> um the stuff i was looking at just recently which was the stuff coming out of um what the bird flu research has begun to show me is that there's another pattern of people being un unwilling to entertain certain hypotheses because it harms them I, I've, I've talked to yeah. i've now talked to most of the major players who were there in the in the key labs doing the key work in the hospitals at the cdc in the pentagon i've talked now to most of the top players yeah i've definitely talked to the top three virologists concerned with bird flu in the world now um and it's interesting they all agree with the point that part of the problem is that the global intensive farming industry yeah so um intensive poultry farming intensive pig farming absolutely won't countenance the idea that it's their farming practices which may be providing the perfect breeding environment for yeah highly pathogenic versions of bird flu to evolve and yet when i put it to all of them they absolutely said yeah well of course it is yeah. the notion that it's just that the key breeding ground to evolve the pathogenic is in wild animals doesn't make any sense to them yeah and and even the person who has the most invested in that hypothesis who i, I really thought was going to say oh no it's absolutely in yeah. the wild you know it's the wild birds who are breeding it e even he was willing to admit and said to me straight out and he thinks it the wild birds are important but he said you know in 40 years of of surveying them we've never found or hardly ever found hypothogenic yeah versions of the virus in the wild birds and i said well that's a bit of a problem for your hypothesis and to his credit he said yeah absolutely and going back to, to <laughs> that, that kind of farming, it's all about um, they're in biosecure, not really, factories. They're being fed themselves. Um, yeah. And all the routes seem to follow either the, the sort of trade routes, the, the food routes. Well, that, that bit, I don't know. I, I was asking um, uh, someone who had been very, very senior in CDC um, yeah. about that. And CDC is... The Centers for Disease Control, basically, yeah. the it's the the part of the American government which is charged with monitoring and then dealing with um, serious um, outbreaks of disease amongst humans. So, yeah. bird flu, COVID, um, Ebola, um, you know, anything. Yeah. And they're 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 probably the number one organization in the world, mainly because they're just so big. Yeah. Um, and I've had dealings with the CDC before when I was making the rabies film. And this person was laughing at the idea of biosecure farms. 
<laughs> well, we did that again because I'm thinking, like, you know, it's got pupil recognition at the doors and everyone's in suits and, and yeah. it's, <laughs> no it's got a I'm, handle on the door I, so the birds I, can't get out yeah we were laughing i said well biosecure farm is the same kind of phrase as military intelligence and jumbo shrimp <laughs> biosecure she said i grew up in a farm biosecure farm yeah yeah, yeah military intelligence um so yeah it it it, it doesn't it doesn't work so it's just got me thinking again about the fact that when you get science involved with politics and money, yeah, it's ridiculous to think that somehow science and scientists are above um, the usual morality of um... yeah that they, 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 they are such pure creatures. That that nothing will induce them. To I do not see. Tell I, I do see them like that though. It's 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 kind of this whole thing of uh, you know go and ask an expert. I don't want to listen to social media and, or politicians or, or you know. politicians. I want to go to the experts, and they're the people yeah. I will trust. Or and 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 that really is the important thing because for a culture like ours, if that feeling that you have. It is a completely eroded away. Yeah. I think that's an absolute catastrophe yes. for a culture like ours. And that's the real danger. And I think what happened with COVID has made a lot of people not feel like you do anymore. They're thinking, well, yeah. I, I don't know if I can trust the scientists. And this brings me back to a, a story I wanted to tell about the COVID research, one of the, the other things that was left out. Yeah. Um, it concerns a man called George Gao. George Gao was... Um, oh, he, he's the Chinese um, scientist that came out and said, don't disregard the, the theory of it's come out of uh, a lab. And that right. was probably yeah. the first time anyone had, in China um, had come out and sort of said that. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyone since Zhao and Zhao were rounded up in silence anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, of course with now, the little map <laughs> yes exactly exactly now is it george gow was head of the cdc he's one of sort of like the top two or three most famous scientists um in china yeah um and i've now talked to three people who knew him well and worked with him mm -hmm. um and they all say the same thing um that he was an excellent scientist. They counted him as a friend, and they thought he was a genuinely good person. Yeah. Uh, and this, you know, the, the person I was talking to from CDC was saying really interestingly that she and people like her were really, I can't remember the exact word she used, but they were horrified basically at what had happened because she said there was a period where they really felt that a cadre, sort of generation of scientists they'd worked with and younger scientists that they'd helped to train up, yeah. that they felt these people were colleagues that they knew and trusted and many of them were their friends. You know, they were people that they cared about and knew they could trust. Yeah. And, then, and then she said, the new leadership in China came in, what was it, 2011. By 13, 14, the new leadership had grabbed all the levers of power and she said that trust had just been completely gone and we knew we could no longer trust 
the people we used to implicitly trust, the people we trained and worked with and knew, yeah. we could no longer trust them to tell the truth. And she said that as a general point. And she also knew George Cow. And it just took me back to the story that I was told when we were making the film. Um, and the story is that um, George Gao uh, was uh, head of the CDC. Yeah. And so the story goes. Now, it was reported in the, in the New Yorker, and two other people have related the same story, one of whom had heard it secondhand, and another one uh, had heard it from Redfield. Yeah. This is really early on. This is uh, January the 3rd, so really, really 2020. Yeah, really yeah, early yeah. on. Okay, so Robert Redfield, director of the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, yeah. uh, speaks with George Gao. And he was basically saying, you know, we could send a CDC team to Wuhan to help investigate what's going on. And the reason that he'd phoned is he knew, because it had already been published, that in those first 27 cases, there'd been several family clusters. Yeah. And we talked about in the, in the thing we did on COVID that, Right back then, so, uh, I, I can't remember, like six or seven of those cases yeah. had no contact with the wet market, yeah, suggesting yeah, rather was, strongly yeah. that this would already be human to human. Well, the first one, I think, from memory was November, and, and one of the family, they weren't even in the area, were they? Were they? No, no, exactly. But But we know that now, but... He Redfield is reading this in the you know the Western press, and yeah. he can see that. So you know when we said that in the in the one we did on COVID, it's not just us making this up. <laughs> not just us making this up. <laughs> this was an inference made by Redfield at the time, yeah. the CDC. This doesn't look good, and uh, you know although when we did that first podcast, you know we were careful to say that's not a slam dunk piece of proof. Mm. But when when it's a, a new and potentially um, very virulent disease, you need to err on the side of caution. Well, here's the proof. There's yeah. head of the CDC. Thinks, I'm going to call insane. George Gow because yeah. I'm thinking this. I'm worried. So, he, yeah, exactly. So he says, we'll send a team. And George Gow says um, he doesn't have the uh, permission to accept that kind of um, assistance from assistance. <laughs> so they stonewall the Americans and say, no, 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 we don't. You can't send people here to help. Which yeah. doesn't sound good. And, you know, Redfield actually made a formal request to the Chinese government and actually had got about two dozen people together to, ready to go. And the, the Chinese government didn't send any invitations. You weren't allowed to go. A few days later, so we're still talking early January, he has another phone call with George Gao. And they're talking again about could this have been human to human? Now, the way it was told to me by the two people that I interviewed, one of whom knew George Gow and also knew Redfield, um, that they were talking about the possibility of could it be um, human to human transition? Uh, were those early cases indicative that were they suggesting that must be the truth? Yeah. And they said to me, the people who told me about the conversation, he wouldn't come out and say, yes, I think it's human to human, but he started to cry. Now, this is a senior Chinese scientist. He starts to cry on the phone and says, I think we're too late. And the other person 
who I spoke to said, and he also said, um, this is really, really dangerous. Wow. So what does it mean? I think we're too late for what? Well, (laughs) (laughs) and why is it really, really dangerous? The point is, George Gao was, you, you didn't, you couldn't be more powerful as a scientist in China than George Gao. Yeah. But he wasn't able to just simply come out and say, no, it's not human to human, or yeah, yeah I think it is. He's not able to. No. And when, that, when I heard that story, I then thought to myself, well, how do I back that up? Because obviously I can't call up George Gao. Like, Were um, you gagged? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Xi Zhengli, you know, the Batwoman. Yeah. If there's anyone I feel slightly sorry for, it's her because her life is over. You know, she's never going to be allowed to speak to anyone ever without a dozen minders. Yeah. So I thought, well, who can I talk to? So I, I managed to contact um, Ai Weiwei, you know, the, um, the artist. Oh, uh, architect. Artist. Yes. Yeah. yeah he yeah. did the bird's nest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Ai Weiwei is, you know, to become the architect for the bird's nest, you have to be a, you know, a celebrity in your own country and yeah. politically well connected. Yeah. Now, the thing about Ai Weiwei is his dad had been a dissident. His dad had been arrested uh-huh. for saying, saying the wrong thing. So this was a part of his childhood. And he, has been critical of the yes. Chinese Communist Party and was, you know, they felt his collar and he's now in exile. Yeah. And I was able to interview him. Now, this didn't go into the film for complicated reasons, which I can't really go into. Okay. Otherwise, I'll get in trouble with someone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Ai Weiwei was really interesting. And what he said to me, and I'm paraphrasing this so that I'm not infringing anyone's copyright. Yeah. He very clearly said, you're being naive and Western scientists are being naive if they think that a top scientist in a very politicized piece of science is able to just say, yeah, well, I know the government, government wouldn't like this, but here's the truth. Yeah. He said... That's utterly naive. He said, one, to become a senior scientist, you have to pretty much become a member of the party. Yeah. And and basically take the oath saying, my number one allegiance is to the party. Yeah. Two, the heads of most important labs are um, in the PLA, the People's Liberation Army. Yeah. Um, and certainly I think I think the head of the Wuhan Institute was PLA. Um, and so I, I felt really strong then do now that Western scientists, people like Farah, um, and Horton and the, the, all of the various embedded lackeys in the, in the, um, the press have been catastrophically naive Uh because when we talk to them and those who would agree to talk to us and those who wouldn't just in the, in all the things they've written, they all say, we trust our Chinese colleagues. They're wonderful people. Of course, they're telling us the truth. Yeah. Well, they're telling well, you the truth as much as possible. I mean, the big question is, who who is deciding what is best for the party? 
exactly. This and not look, getting we, out. We, we or... know, we, we know, you and I know, the public knows, Jeremy Farron knows, Fauci knows, that people, for instance, Xi Zhengli said in public that no work had been done at the WIV by the Chinese military. And we now know that is absolutely false. Yeah. So there's an example where she did lie. And as the person I spoke to today said, echoing what Ai Weiwei had said, which is, it's not surprising they lied because their families would be threatened. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's all right for you and me to be brave sitting here where we live. Well, yeah, well it's going yeah. to tell the truth. Yeah. I mean, no we're, we're seeing it. Cart us away or arrest our family. Yeah, we're seeing it all over the world at the moment, and particularly this week. And the political entity which controls the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which controls the lives and well-being of George Gao and Xi Zhengli and every other yeah. scientist in China, is the same government that says, we're not doing anything to the Uyghurs. No, it's nothing yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, no, we never invaded Tibet. Tibet's part of China, always has been. I've been to Tibet. It's not Chinese. <laughs> it's yeah. a completely separate culture. And uh, say to you, oh, Tiananmen Square, nothing happened there. Mm -hmm. So... I, I feel something has gone really wrong. You have to look at people like Farrer and Horton and, you know, Fauci and say, are they just simpletons? <laughs> that, that, that they go, oh, well, no, I mean, you know, I know George Gow, he's a nice bloke, he'd never tell me a lie. If I ask him to tell me the truth about something which could, which would vastly embarrass his, you know, the government of his country, of course George is just going to stand up and tell me the truth. Yeah. What kind of a simpleton do you have to be yeah. Now, I don't think Jeremy Farrer or Fauci are simpletons. And if they're not simpletons... What's their motive? Then what are they? Yeah. And I can't at this point help but feel that science isn't any longer in key areas speaking truth to power, yeah. that it has been corrupted by power. Yeah. That they are like the Catholic Church was... Um, before the Reformation, they're there for their own reasons, you know, handing out indulgences, pay me this money and um, I'll, uh, my God will let you off the hook and yeah. forgive you your sins. And I really think that Western science desperately needs, it is time for a scientific reformation, just like the Catholic Church needs a reformation. And, you know, I'm not saying that all scientists are bad any more than all priests were bad. I can understand George Gao not being able to tell the truth and yeah. and and crying on the phone. But you can't understand his family could yeah. have been rounded up, but you can't understand uh, the others just going along with it. Yeah, they, uh, do they really think that that Xi Zhengli and George Gao could were, were were telling them the truth? Do they really think that? Mm -hmm. I find that difficult to believe. And if they didn't believe that, then they're party to a lie for their own reasons. Yeah. And I think science needs a reformation. Where science has gotten involved with big money and big power, it has become corrupt. Yeah. Um, and things like the WHO, while there are good people who, are, I know some of them on the ground, they're good people doing good things yeah. for good reasons. The hierarchy? Whew. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review.
And if you'd like to leave a comment, which would be great, we've set up a Hyperland Substack. So go to Substack, look up Hyperland, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you've got ideas that we should cover, that'd be great too. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. Thank you.